So are the kids going out today? Just going out with Miss Angela today. Hallelujah. Is Miss Angela going to have some help this morning? Hallelujah. As soon as we settle back in. Good morning. Thank you for joining us this morning. We're usually a little bit more organized than this, but... How many teachers do we have going back there? Okay, so now let's bring this back. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. While we're getting settled, it's all about being in the presence of God. Right? It, 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 seriously. It's, it's, and and what, what all that does. You know, part of what we do as a body of believers and part of what you know, we do as ministers of God is to, uh, to try and help, not lead, guide, and direct God, but for us to come together and help each other to be closer to God, to get into His presence. And, and God is not running away from us. And God is not trying to make it hard for us. He's not giving us a steep mountain to climb or a very tall ladder or a rope that we have to climb to get to Him. God is doing, and He has done, and will continue to do everything that He can do to make that easier for us. Amen? So my prayer this morning, Lord, is that somehow, some way, through the teaching and preaching of your word that, Father, that we would be drawn closer to you, that we would draw closer to you and you would draw closer to us, Father, in Jesus' name, that we would be more conformed again to the image of Christ, that we would walk out of here, Father, that we would walk out of church and be your church. So help us, Lord, to, to, to glorify you in everything that we do the rest of this week. Father, let everything that we do the rest of the way here be building toward that. Help us, Lord, to glorify you the rest of this week in Jesus' name. So today, we're going to talk about the authority of Jesus and really what the authority of Jesus does for us, to us, by us, through us. Amen? So we're going to begin in Matthew 28, beginning in verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority, all authority, has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. The Great Commission, right? This is the Great Commission. Jesus had already, uh, had already risen from the dead. He spent uh, 40 days on earth, and this is when he was going off. Uh, he was ascending back to heaven, and this is what he told them. But, but I like, we need to know this. All authority, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All spiritual authority, everything. There is nothing that is, listen, outside of his domain as it relates to his authority. Everything comes under his authority. Amen? Amen? All right, so now, going forward, 
in Mark, just listen. Some of it will be up and some of it won't. Just, but, but just listen. In Mark verse 1, I mean Mark chapter 1, verse 21. Then they went to Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he, Jesus, entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. So now listen, my brothers and sisters. This is Jesus before he was crucified. This is Jesus just during his public ministry. So this is Jesus before, listen, before he rose from the dead. This is him during his public ministry. He taught them. They were, they were astonished. Who was they? All who, was at, who were at the synagogue, including people who had the authority, the religious authority of that day. Everyone was astonished because what he taught, he taught as though this is a, this is a carpenter's son. This is someone who grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. This is one who did not sit at the feet of Gamaliel like the Apostle Paul. His father wasn't, he wasn't following the family tradition. His father wasn't a preacher, teacher, Pharisee, scribe. He, he wasn't. So Jesus is not shy, but Jesus preaches and teaches with authority and not as one of those who were in authority, as it says here as described. So continuing now. Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit and he cried out saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? The demons know who he is. Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Verse 27. Then they were all amazed. They were all amazed and they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? What new doctrine is this? Did you hear that? See, it's not... Not just about what Jesus did, but what He spoke. What new doctrine is this? It's, a, it's all one package. Are you with me? Okay? What new doctrine is this? Is this uh, uh, for with authority? I wanted you to see that. For with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey Him. And immediately his fame spread throughout all the region around Galilee. Another instance. I'm, I'm giving you some, some, some ammunition, some, some arrows from the quiver here, or in the quiver. Lake, uh, Luke verse 8. I'm sorry, chapter 8. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples. We all know this very clear. And he said to them, let us cross over the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down. You guys know this story. Let me... Right? I mean, he had already done some signs, wonders, and miracles. He says, we're going to the other side. They get in the boat. They, they're, they're starting to go to the other side, and the wind picks up. There's this storm that hits. Now, remember, most, a lot of those guys that were in that boat with him, they were on that lake. They grew up on that lake most of their lives. They had been involved in storms before. But whatever this storm was, it was unlike anything that they had seen. How do I know that? No, I, I prefer this answer because I'm smart. <laughs> no, no, because right, because we know that we we know what the scripture says. The scripture says that. But this storm was so bad, even the fishermen, even the ones who grew up on the lake, were sh- man, we're going to die. This was something that they hadn't experienced before. Or are you with me? Come on now. So this storm was so violent. It was even the experienced people that had grown up on that lake were shaken by it. 
And we know what happened. I mean, Jesus just, he, he's sleeping. And don't you even care? We're going to die and you're... I love what he says in, in uh, verse 25. He said to them, where's your faith? Where's your faith? They were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can this be for he commands even the winds and the water? He, he commanded the, the storm to stop, to peace, be still. Where's your faith? See, I'm not, I want to, Jesus is sleeping. They're waking him up. They're all panicked. When they woke him up, his reaction to them wasn't, why are you waking me up? Don't you know I need to rest? I'm being pressed about all the time. His disappointment wasn't in the fact See, I've I got to say this because sometimes our young people or sometimes we're, we're so human in our actions and reactions, even when we claim to be born again, sometimes you know, we act and react according to the flesh. Jesus is not here acting and reacting according to the flesh. See, I know some of you, well, who didn't know that, Tony? This is Jesus. Well, Jesus was fully man. When He was tempted in the desert, you need to know He was fully man. Come on now. See, see, so many times we just get this bit, well, you know, I'll never be like Jesus. Jesus commanded you to be like Him. Why? Because Jesus the man, Jesus the man was tempted in that wilderness. Jesus the man was in that boat sleeping because He's exhausted. He's being pressed about all the time, constantly. Can't get no peace. And He knows in His heart and in His spirit that some of those people don't give a flip about Him. They just want what He has. Does anybody have that experience in their life? Come on now. So his listen, his reaction to them isn't, oh man, you got you why do you got to bother me? No, I I like yeah, thank you. You left that up there. Where's your faith? See, you've been traveling with me. You've heard the Word. You've seen the signs and wonders that are backing up this Word. You see what God is doing. Where's your faith? Where's your faith? Who can this be? He commands. Look at this authority that He has. Look at this authority that He has. Then I, go, and then I go to a scripture like this, and I love this. In Luke, chapter 7. For I am also... See, this is the Roman centurion thing. I, wanna, I use a lot of scripture because it doesn't matter what I say. What matters is what the scripture says. So we're going to... I'll get a little animated for you, but the, the, the fact of the matter is... It matters what the Scripture says. So now we know that there's this Roman centurion who had a servant. And his servant was obviously Israeli. And he sent... Uh, his, he, he, he's sick. And he, he, and he has a certain degree of fear of the Lord, this centurion. Because I think it was in Matthew's version, or Mark's... For, please forgive me for not remembering off the top of my head here. Where it says that he, uh, he built him a synagogue. But anyway, this centurion, as it were, heard about Jesus. And so he goes to him, he says, listen, my servant is sick. He says, only say the word. I'm not worthy. He understands Hebrew law. He understands that. I'm not worthy that I should receive you. But look what he says. For I'm also a man placed under authority. Having soldiers under me. So I'm under authority. 
And I also have those who are under my authority. I understand how this works. I understand how authority works. I recognize something about you. You have an authority. Things happen when you speak them. People listen when you... Devils hear when you speak. Things happen when you speak. Things happen when you make a stand. Something changes. The atmosphere changes around you. There's something different about you. There's this authority. There's this, this zisboom-bah about your life. Hallelujah. Something happens. I recognize this. He says, I say to one, go, and he goes. To another, come, and he comes. And to my, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I haven't even found this great of faith in Israel, among the children of Israel. Great faith. Great faith. Oh, Tony, you're going to talk about faith again. Well, maybe. Hang on. Just hang on. But see the contrast. See, you have his closest disciples traveling with him. The storm comes up. We're, We're dead. We're dead. And don't you even care that we're about to die. What did Jesus say? Before, before he went to sleep, he said, we're going to the other side. He didn't say, maybe we'll go to the other. We're going to the other side. The storm comes up. Now, I'm not going to stand here and, and you know, tell you that I wouldn't be concerned about a storm or anything like that. I'm not going to stand here and try to tell you and convince you that I've got this thing all figured out and that, you know, uh, when, I, when I speak, mountains move. And I, you know, no. But I'm, I'm, I want to tell you something. When I see and continue to be reminded, and I've been a Christian for a long time, and I've been a minister for a long time, but when I see scriptures like this over and over and over again, man, it does something on the inside of me. And I've got to understand authority better. See, the authority in our culture is just so disrespected. And so we don't understand. I don't think we get the full gravity of what Jesus, His authority, and when He says something like what He said when He went back to the Father, when He said, all authority in heaven and on earth is mine. And we're in Him. We're in Him. If you're a born-again believer, you're in Him. And there's things that He told you would happen when you, saw, when you speak these things in His name. So I, my brothers and sisters, it's all about believing, number one, what he said and understanding that he had the zis boom ba behind what he said to follow through with exactly what he said. And so that we, even though we look at uh, authority in this current culture and we don't count it as the final say-so, we don't count it as, you know, we, we, we can negotiate with the final authority. Come on now. Or we can, we can raise an argument with the final authority and we can get things changed. God's Word will not change. God, does, God is not, He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And His truth is truth and that's it. But you know what's great about His truth? His truth includes mercy and grace. That's what... God's, here's, here's God's truth. God's truth is He loves you and He'll never stop. His love is not dependent on my actions or activity. He loved me before I even came to Him. Before I even asked Him to forgive me. He loved me. 
And even now, when I make mistakes, He still loves me. That's truth. That's truth. Here's another truth. Where sin abounds, grace abounds more. His grace is greater than my sin. Now, some people will take that to mean that, see, I've got a license to sin. No. No. It means that His power, His will for me, is greater than every bit about that. He's not only talked to me about that sin, He's not even shown me where that sin is sin. Right? But He also has given me the power over it. That sin will not take me out. It it will not take me out. Come on now. Authority. Authority. I I, I have to be reminded of His authority. Well, He's God. Why do you have to be reminded? Man, I just got to be reminded because those things that happen supernaturally happen because of His authority. His belief in the Word. So now we go to a scripture, this other passage, where you know that in Luke chapter 10, Jesus sent 70 out. Two by two. Right? He sent out 70. And they went out. And he, went, he sent them into the cities and he gave them specific instructions about you know, what not to bring and, and who to speak to. And to, you know, if they don't receive, you wipe the dust, so on and so forth. He gave them instructions, specific instructions. But these were the cities that he was about to go in and bless. He was going to go in and, and evangelize. So they go and they return. In verse, oh, I think it's 17. Then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan, Jesus, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority. I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Did you hear that? Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. See, I'm going to push on this just a little bit. See, look. First of all, there are some that will say all of the mighty powers and stuff that was apostolic. Well, how many apostles did Jesus have? Yell it out. How many apostles? Twelve. And one was a devil. So if we don't count him, he has eleven. Then after Paul, he goes back to twelve. Come on. So he had 12. He sent out 70. Well, I don't know about you, but 70 back when I was in school, that old math, 70 was greater than 12. And I didn't have... You know, it's no big mystery. So, so watch. If it was only apostolic... <laughs> it was, if it was only apostolic power, it was only that... Only those signs, wonders, only that kind of authority, only that kind of power was given to the apostles, then explain the others. What about the other 58? Did I get that right? Somebody add up in your head. You got a calculator? Come on now. Listen. See, so look, when he's speaking, he's not speaking just to the apostles. He's speaking to disciples. Let me, do I have any disciples of Jesus Christ in here this morning? Amen. 
Amen. So, so when he's saying, as disciples, you have authority, then guess what? You and I have the same authority. Woo! So let, I want to go back there. Look, look, let, let, let's, let's just see what he said. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Man, I wish he would have said spiders because I've seen a lot of... Sp- See, I'm just seeing if you're listening. See, he's talking about scorpions and serpents. He's talking about these powers of the enemy. He's not talking about insects. He's talking about powers of the enemy. He's saying, I'm giving you power. I'm giving you authority over all of these, all of these powers, all of these things that are adverse, all of these things that are in opposition to you. You have power over them. See, now watch. This is what's important. This is what's important. The power came to the one who has authority. It came from him to me. Right? All right. So now watch. I show up one day at... Uh, at I, I, I want to be a cop. I want to be a cop my whole life. Not, not really, just make believe. Actually, I did go and take the test and everything, but Michelle would have nothing to do with it, so that was that. That was before... I, but anyway, long. let me finish... <laughs> Forget that. Listen. So I want to be a cop. So I can buy as close to the uniform as I want. Right? Now, I go in and, and, and I'm going into a, a place where some illegal things are going on and I'm going to say, I'm, you know, you're under arrest or you're, you know, this and that or the other thing. Uh, I don't like what you're doing. Uh, this, is, this is illegal activity, but I don't have... The, the authority. See, there's two things here. If I might be operating according to what I believe is wrong, not according to what the actual law says. So now I may be going in there and I'm going to try something because I don't like it. It's not what I would do or it seems... And it might be unseemly. It might be... Un- but there's no law against it. But I'm going to go in there and I'm going to say, well, bup, bup, and I've got no judge. I've got nothing backing me up. See, I don't know if that was a good illustration or not, but I'm telling you that when Jesus says, I'm giving you the authority, we've got the full weight of the Godhead behind us. We've got the truth speaking truth to us. So now, wait, whoa, wait. But I got to know what the truth is. I got to know, you know, in order for me to operate with this authority, I got to know what it is that I'm operating in. Hello? Hallelujah. We ready? Hallelujah. In, in Matthew, this is what it says in verse 28 of chapter 7. And so it was when Jesus had ended, the, ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teachings, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. See, he was teaching even the people that had the authority, the people that knew the law, the pe- he was teaching with, with more authority than they did. There was a... Are you with me? There was a... What, what do you suppose? I'm, when I read scriptures like this, and we've already read a couple of them, and there's more, but when I read scriptures like this, it makes me think, what must that have looked like? What, what You know... He, he's preaching and he's teaching. As I said earlier, he's, he grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. He didn't study in the college that they prescribed. He didn't, he didn't go to the schools that they went to. But now he's preaching. He's standing up in those pulpits and he's saying, this is it. 
This is the Word of God. And he's preaching all of this. He's preaching repentance. He started preaching, then he preached repentance. He preached, and he let it rip. And he right, and it backed up with the signs and the wonders. He had authority over the, the enemies, the powers of darkness. He healed the sick, cleansed the leper. Remember what it says in the book of John, in, in John's Gospel. He says there were so many things done that there would be volumes that on earth wouldn't be big enough to fill the, the things that Jesus did. My brothers and sisters, that man did signs, wonders, and miracles. That's, could he attract a crowd? Absolutely. They wanted everything and anything from him. He was, and he was doing it. Why? Why? Because it was verifying the truth. It was them seeing the character of God. They were seeing the true character of God. They were seeing love and mercy on display. They were see- Listen, they were seeing, is it God's will for me to be healed? Be healed. My, I don't have to wonder, does God want me healed? Yes, He does. How do I know? Jesus healed people. It said that He healed everybody that came to Him. And there were people that came to Him that, he didn't, that they didn't even ask Him. He said to them, Am I the only one that read those parts? Right? He's demonstrating what God, the attitude of God, He's demonstrating what love looks like. Showing that He has the authority and the power over the, even the cells in people's bodies. Spiritually, he, there's no one bigger, no one greater. No, he's the boss. He's in charge. When He speaks, things happen. He's even bigger than E.F. Hutton. He has this authority. He has this zis boom you, you, if you will. But look what he said. Look, I, I want to tie this because I'm looking now and I'm, I'm reading this and, I, and, and this is where this started. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Let me pause here. See what he's saying? See, so many of the things that he said and he was even questioned by the authorities. By what authority you do this? Remember, he was even asked one time, by what authority do you do this? He says, well, let me ask you a question first. John the Baptist, was the things that he did by God? or Well, we're not going to answer. Well, then I'm not going to answer you. But Jesus said it so many times. What I do, I do what the Father's commanded me. The things I say, I'm saying what the Father commands me. He spoke the Word. He was obedient to the Father. Amen? Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it fell and it great was the fall. And then he said, and so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his teaching. Why? Because he's saying, man, if you, if you listen to what I say and you do what I say, man, when that storm comes, you're taken care of. Has anybody experienced any storms? See, of, of course, we all do. We all do. We all experience storms. But here, here's, here's what I'm... Um, it, it, it looks like, my brothers and sisters, that every time we get into this mode, it boils down to kind of the same things. 
Very simple. Very simple. What does His Word say? And do His Word. Right? That, that's really what Christianity is all about. It, it's about knowing what the Word of God says and then doing what the Word of God says. But obviously the other ingredient or the, the other element to this that makes this different than any other works-oriented religion is the fact that God, by His grace and mercy, listen, empowers us by His Spirit. God yokes up with us. God gives us His Holy Spirit so that we could truly understand what His Word says, so that we can truly have some of the abilities that He has. Oh, and by the way, when we read this Word and we understand it and when we start walking it, we find out that there's this zisbumba that Jesus had that He gave us. So when we're walking in, by the Word, we have a certain power, if you will, not to name it and claim it stuff. See, that's the problem, my brothers and sisters. There's too many of this. Well, if I do this just right, and I have this faith just right, and I say this and I say that, everything's going to work out. I can say this because I've got the authority. No, you don't. Because listen, you can never be good enough, but you walk in the Word that you know, and you still, listen, you still stay submitted to Him. See, because the faith that I gather really isn't my own anyway. It's a gift from Him. Come on now, see? So I want, again, I want, to be, I want to be in His Word. That's where He is. I want to be in His Word. I want to be in His presence. I want to pray. I want to read. I want to understand. His Holy Spirit's going to give me the understanding. I'm going to walk according to that. And then I start to understand. I've got an authority here. But it's not because of me. It's not because of what I just did or did not do. It's not because I put a little extra envelope in the back of the church box. It's not because I stopped and helped that lady cross the street. It's not because that person was hitchhiking and I gave them a ride. Should you do those things? Absolutely. As the Spirit is leading you, you do those things. Right? Amen? Alright. So when it's not because of that though. That could be part of it. That could be the way it's lived out in your life. The Holy Spirit gives you a nudge and you follow the nudge. It's be, and now nine times out of ten, that nudge is going to come because you've read a truth. You've read a truth. The Holy Spirit is, is, listen, the Holy Spirit is already reading your mail and the Holy Spirit is dealing down on the inside of you and saying, you know what? This, and then there's going, to be a, there's going to be an opportunity. You're going to say, yes, yes, I believe that. Do you? Then let's see it. Do you? Do you believe it? then let's see it. Well, that's works-oriented. No. Listen, that no. James covered that. In the book of James, Holy Spirit covers that. You show me your faith without works, I'm going to show you my faith by my works. By my works. By my works. Did Jesus rebuke Peter for getting out of the boat when Peter said, if that's you, Lord, let me come to you? No. He said, come on. He said, come on. When, when Peter stepped out of the boat and started walking on the water and the elements, he took, well, well he took his eyes off Jesus. Well, he did. But really, he, he looked at the distraction. The things that distracted him or what caused him to remove his eyes from Jesus. And the distractions caused fear. Fear. The distractions caused... See, fear... Is, is a, uh, we've taught it, we've talked about it before. Fear is a motivator. Negative motivator, but it's a motivator. So he feared. 
Did Jesus rebuke Peter and say to him, well, that's what you get. Did I ask you to get out of the boat? No, you asked me. Right? No, he didn't say that. Well, you don't have any faith, so let's see what you do now. No, and, and, and as strange as that sounds, but, but, right? No. Peter, listen, Peter had enough faith initially. Peter, if that's you, Lord, I'm coming. Come on. It is me. So come on. And he started off walking on water. Man, how many of you have ever been on fire for God? You know it. You go through seasons and you, and you know when I prayed this prayer, God heard it. I asked for this thing, I know it. How many of you have laid your hands on the sick and had them recover? Or pray for your own healing and you know you're, you're healed. Does it always happen that way? Why not? Don't answer. <laughs> Why not though? Think about just in yourself. Think about it yourself. Could it be, I mean, because I was told when I was growing up in that certain denomination, that certain doctrine that it's because there's sin in my life, I don't have enough faith. Both of which could be true, but it doesn't have to be. Amen. See, and then, I, you know, then the fire goes out. Why? Because then what happens is I prayed this prayer. Remember a few weeks ago during the, the, the Monday prayers and I said something and I felt you know, bad because a lot of the things we're praying and I'm not seeing, we're constantly praying for the same things and I'm not seeing anything. So I start looking in the scripture and I say, the prayers of a righteous man availeth much, right? You know, if, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will, it'll be done, right? It'll be given to you, right? Remember all those scriptures? You know, I have James, again, we'll go back to the book of James, the Holy Spirit says, you have not because you ask not, right? And you, and you, you ask and don't receive because you're asking according to your own flesh to, to, to use this for your own lusts. Satisfy your love. So I'm, I'm saying, God, is this me? Am I, am I missing you? Is, is, there, is there unconfessed sin in my life? Am I, is my faithful? What, what, what is it, God? Show me, because I'm not seeing... And remember, God revealed us. Not all of this sickness and disease, or not all of these things are meant for those people who are experiencing them, for them to cry out for the healing. It's meant for them to cry out for the healer. Remember that? So God, is, is, God allows some things to happen so that we can be driven back to Him. So that we can understand... It's me you need. It's me. It's all about me and, and, and you being in this relationship with me. See, sometimes I can, you know, I get all in, enamored with the authority and all of this faith stuff and blah, blah, blah. And then I'm going out there and I'm, yeah. Yeah. This is, this is awesome stuff. But it doesn't always work. And then I have to be prepared to say, okay, Lord. Okay, Lord. I know that you're hearing me. I know, Lord, but now reveal to me, Lord. See, I'm in a relationship with Him. She's not here today. She's not in this room, so I could say. I'm in a relationship with my wife. If something is wrong, what am I going to do? You know, just ignore it and, and just forget it and just hope it gets better? No, those of us who've been married for a few years or those of us who have been in relationships for a long time, we understand. Even, if, even with our children, with, with anybody, with friends. I mean, do we ignore it and just hope it goes away? When we're, no, you can't. It doesn't, that doesn't, hurt, it doesn't help anything. What I do is, Michelle, and usually it's going to be this way, what do I do to tick you off? <laughs> it's not going to be, you know, where uh, she did something. Usually it's going to be, what did I do? What did I say? What, you, you, are you with me? So I'm going to go to God and say, okay, God, where have I missed you? 
Or, okay, God. And it's just like that time, like I said, when we were praying together and I prayed and I asked God, and God let me know. Did He talk to me like this? No. He let me know with the still small voice in my heart and then brought confirmation. No, you're, you're asking, you're praying wrongly. You're, you're, not, you're not looking at the total picture. You're looking at this portion of the picture. So Lord, help me. See, this is all it could take sometimes, my brothers and my sisters. Lord, please, help me to see like you see. Help me to see this total picture. I'm going to share with you again. So many of us have children. How many times you know, did, did I pray? I'm just going to say me. I'm not going to say you. I'm just going to say me. How many times did I pray for no hurt or harm to come to my kids? Or I prayed you know, some protection around them, right? Do we do it all the time? Should we stop doing it? No, but sometimes things happened anyway. Is that because God doesn't love them? Because God don't hear me? No, something. Either there were decisions made on their part that you know, were outside of his path, or, or God allowed it to happen so that they would cry out to him for themselves. Amen. See, now here's the thing. Do we have enough faith and confidence in the authority of God to hold on to hope in the middle of all that? Or do we try a different plan? Or do uh, this happens, I'm going to go to another church because what he said don't work. Well, if they're preaching out of the same Bible, they're going to say the same thing. No, no, no. See, here's what this is about. His word, his word is forever. It's truth. There's, it, and no matter what we're told and no matter what they're trying to teach our children in this contemporary culture that we live in around the world, the truth is not relative. There's one truth. There's one. Well, that's very intolerant of you. No, I didn't, I, I'm not the one that set that in order. He did. But again, that truth includes always, that truth includes always His love for you, His grace towards you, and His mercy towards you. That truth includes every bit of that. Every bit of it. So now, yeah, I love Jesus' authority where He could tell that demon to get out of Him. Get into that herd of swine. And then the herd of swine runs off a cliff. Every, ah, man, yeah. Yeah, go get him, Jesus. Come on. I'm not trying to be funny. Yeah, I love that. I love it when you know Jesus walks up and, and, and somebody just... And he's preaching, just like in that passage that we read today. Someone has to... The demons cry out, We know who you are! They recognize him and they say, Have you come to torment us before it's time? How many times is that? So, come on, are you... Yeah, yeah, Jesus, go get him. I love the fact that Jesus can say... Walk on water. Just storm? I love the fact that Jesus could say, Peace, be still. Yeah, that's my God. That's my God. But do I love it just as much when Jesus says, In this world, you're going to have trouble? Do I appreciate that authority that he speaks under? Come on. See, look, I'm not trying to br- this I'm not trying to bring everybody down here, but we got to get we got to be real. We got to be real. Jesus did not hide anything. No, he was real right from the start. So his authority 
is such that when He speaks, it's done. And He spoke some things over you and over me. But we have to live this life. And then when we get enough distractions or we have enough hard times, hard knocks and bumps, that fire goes out. Doesn't it? Right? Well, I came to stir you up today. Let me, let me remind you what it says in Timothy. Therefore, Timothy, 2 Timothy 1, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Don't be afraid of the elements. Don't be afraid of those things that are, coming, that are trying to distract you. Those things that are trying to, listen, tr- trying to, to, to make you not believe in that truth. Trying to get you to doubt what you know is true, what you were on fire about at one point in your life and in your service to Him. But then it doesn't look right, and then all of a sudden the enemy of your soul is trying to remind you, ooh-ooh, and get, work up some fear. But say, now this is a minister, this is a bishop, this is Paul speaking to a minister. He's speaking to a young pastor, and he's telling him this. Don't you know that some ministers and pastors, we need to be reminded sometimes to stir up this, this gift that God has given you? And don't, don't you know that we need to be reminded sometimes? Don't you know that when you guys say, Amen, Hallelujah, that stirs me up? Don't you guys know that when, when, when you're getting it, or if I ask a question, especially on a Wednesday night, and you all get it, man, don't you know that that stirs me up? Somebody's listening. Hallelujah. Not to me, to Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? So then in Second Peter, this is what Peter says in, in uh, chapter 1. Peter reminds the church that they need to continue to grow, and the growth will be evident by the fruit in their life. Remember, it says, add to your faith virtue, right? Remember that scripture? So Peter is reminding the church, you need to grow. You need to grow. You need to continue to grow in the Lord. You need to go, right? Come on. Are you growing? Are you growing? You need to continue to grow in the Lord. Amen? So he says, as long as I'm in this body, I'm going to keep stirring you up. As long as I... This is Peter. Now, this is, the, this is the minister. This is the minister speaking to the church and saying, I've got to keep you stirred up. We've got to keep that fire going. Got to keep you stirred up. Not in a negative way, because I've known people that they like to see, they'll stir it up between people and then stand back and watch. Watch the fireworks, baby. I know people like that and brag about it. Yeah. Then in chapter 3, Peter reminds them that they will continue to keep... Listen... He need to continue to keep their pure minds stirred up. Their pure minds stirred up. Because there's going to be scoffers and mockers and false teachers, listen, that are going to corrupt the Word of God. And that is happening right before our eyes. So now watch. If what I believe, right? My feet have to be on the rock or I have to build this house on the rock. What I believe has to be built on the rock. If I build that house on anything else, and what happens when the, sand, when the storm comes, I get blown away. And listen, think about this. Let's talk real talk. So now when that storm comes, when that negative circumstance comes, because my faith is in something that's not the rock, it's not the truth, my obedience is to something else, another religion, another faith, a false doctrine, I'm going to fall. Amen. It ain't going to work out. Why? One truth. One way. His name is Jesus. Amen? So now watch. So now, so, okay, now let's go back. So we've got the minister 
talking to a minister, you need to keep that gift stirred up. You've got to keep stirred up. You've got to keep that fire blazing. We've got Paul, I'm sorry, Peter reminding the church that you need to continue to grow. There needs, this, there needs to be a growth. There needs to be progress in your life. See, I, that's where we're... we're and, and then, look, what does the progress look like? We may not all progress the same. What does the progress look like? Let me, let me, I'm going to, I, I got to push on this just a little bit. Listen. I have a problem with um, some spiritual people, some spiritual giants. I use the air quotes, spiritual giants. Who will tell me how super spiritual they are, tell me how God is talking to them, but then, you know, something don't go their way, they blow it, they blow their top. You ever... Or, you know, they're super spiritual and God is talking to them all the time and they're progressing here, they're progressing there, but there's no love in their life. They're super spiritual and they still, you know, when they get around certain people, that language flows. Well, what are you saying, Tony? Four-letter language, you know, that's going to take you to hell? It might. That's not the point. The point is the fruit in your life. If you're progressing, one of the first things that God does, one of the first things He did to me was clean up my mouth, clean my language. Come on now, don't get bored with me. Come on now. Okay, so now let's, let's go back. I know. If I, if I stood up and I'm telling you I'm speaking as a minister of God and I'm telling you all of these wonderful things, I'm, like today, I'm telling you the authority that Jesus has given you and I and I'm telling you about Jesus' authority and it's been trans- how He's done it for you and for me and all this other stuff and then something bad happens in my life and I fall apart. Would you believe me? If I, and something bad happens in my life, I fall apart or you know, I got into it with somebody and I started using four-letter words. Would that affect you? It would, it would definitely affect my thought about the authority. Okay, if that is real, Tony, then what you're saying, then what about it? If I'm constantly pushing my own agenda, see, it's real quiet in here right now. I think I lost a lot of it. No, you know, if I'm constantly pushing my own agenda, what I think should be done, how I feel about it, Right? That fruit is not showing this path of growth. If we look at that scripture, we need to continue to grow and it's going to be evident by the fruit. If you read that chapter in its, in its context, we're talking about Second Peter chapter 1 when he's reminding the church, you continue to grow and this fruit is going to be evident in your life. People are going to see it. I'm not putting on a show for everybody. It's the real deal. Everybody could put on a face. Everybody can smile and fake it. Everybody can. Pe- preachers, ministers, everybody can. Everybody can. But when, what really happens is when you're under the gun, have I blown it when I've been under the gun? Yes. Have, things, have, have, have I had to apologize for some of the things that have come out of my mouth when I was under the gun? Yeah. I didn't use four-letter words, but let me just say, let me qualify this. Boy, I, guess what? I, should, I, I might as well have. Did you hear what I just said? I may have not used a four-letter word. I may not have used a curse word. But the, the, the attitude behind it, I might as well have the same thing. See, God knows what's in the heart. 
I could dress it all up and I can make it look good and all this other stuff. But man, the fruit has got to show this path of growth that I'm still being stirred up. Then last one, listen. Hebrews 10. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Hope. Hope. That's when you boil it right down. We have hope because of Jesus' authority. So no matter what we're going through, no matter how bad it looks, we always have hope. Why? Because Jesus said, all authority uh, on earth and heaven is given to me. He showed us what it would look like. He showed us that even death can't take him out. That death doesn't have the final say-so over him. He's given us all of that and then He's transferred it to us so we can hold on to hope no matter what we're going through, no matter what it looks like, there's always hope. Why? Jesus is alive. Amen? All right. For He who promised is, and He's faithful, verse 24, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. We need to keep each other stirred up. What am, I ta- what am I talking about? What does this have to do? Man, my brothers and sisters, if you leave out of here, if we leave out of here and we start getting bombarded, even when we think we're walking right, but we're not growing, we don't, we don't see the fruit, the fruit is not even in our life, then we've got to go back into the closet and say, Lord, okay, I messed this up. Let me walk in obedience to the Lord no matter what it looks like and then you'll see this fruit. Then after you see that fruit, you'll see some of this authority. Now all of a sudden when you speak to that situation, things are going to be a little bit different. Things will be a little bit different. Why? Because you're walking on that path. You're now speaking according to His will. You're speaking according to that Spirit that is inside of you. You're not speaking according to your own fear. You're not speaking according to your emotion. You're not speaking according to your own pride and ego. Uh Uh-uh. You're speaking according to God's will. You're speaking according to the purpose and the plan that He's called for. Amen? Speaking according to grace. Grace. Amen? Awesome, awesome, awesome. So now watch. But but sometimes it doesn't, it's it's not working out right. Or sometimes we just got to wait. See, God's going to say yes, no, or wait. I don't like to wait. I want it now. I want to see it now, Lord. I want to say, I don't like to wait. I'm not, well, God is teaching me that you need to be patient. And in this, you're going to have to trust and not lose hope. So in this, you, so why? Because I'm trusting in the authority of Jesus. Jesus said it was going to be so, so it's going to be. Amen. And so now I'm going to trust in that. I have faith in that. I'm going to trust in that. But sometimes, let's, I'm going, but sometimes we just don't got it. So this is where I'm, this is where we need to land right now, because maybe I'm talking to a bunch of spiritual giants in here. Maybe the people that are listening to me, and, and we you know, we got it all together. No, because you tell you show me people like that, and I'm going to show you that word of faith stuff. Man, they don't live that way. They they can say it all the live long day. They just name it and claim it, and it happens. No, they don't. It don't it don't happen that way. But here's what's real. We go through some issues. We have some, some challenges. And it takes some of the zis boom by out of us. And we start to doubt. Maybe we don't get to the point where we j- doubt the authority of Jesus, but we doubt the authority that He's transferred to us. I'm not doing something right. Uh, it doesn't really work. Come on, anybody. We got to keep each other stirred up. I mean, I want to stir you up today. Whatever it is that you're believing for, whatever it is, wherever you think, God, man, stay stirred up, stay on fire for it, keep believing in it, keep trusting for it. Yesterday, I was I was doing a bunch of yard work, 
And remember that what I was telling you when we were in, in Malachi chapter 3? said, you know, give and it will be given unto you. Press down, shake it together and run it over. Press down. Remember I told you that story about me pressing down that stuff and I got put on the list? So I, could, I was pressing down in this dumpster because they give us in our, where we live, they give us a dumpster. When you're doing the yard work, you press it down. They tell you don't press it down because then they can't dump it. They've got to send somebody in there to empty it. Bob pressing it down. I got a lot of stuff, man. I got to fit it in there. So I'm pressing it down. But now listen. So yesterday I had a ton of yard work to do. So, so I got this barrel and I start burning it. And I'm burning this debris and stuff like this. And then, it's getting good now. Don't want to leave right now. Two minutes. Now, I'm, see, I'm teasing. It, it, listen. And then, Michelle said, hey, are you burning something? Like that? Yeah. So she had like umpteen years of bank records and all this other. Would you burn this? I was about to be done. So I start throwing that stuff in there. And so the more I'm throwing in there, man, then all of a sudden, it's like it was starving for oxygen. It's in this barrel. So it's starving for oxygen. So it starts going out. And I still got a bunch of stuff over there to burn. And then, then the fire's out. So now, man, I grab a, a shovel, and I get in there, and I start to stir it up. I stirred that up. Guess what happened? Poof. I said, God, you're speaking to me, aren't you? Keep it stirred up, man. We keep each other stirred up. Just when it looks like that fire is going out, man, you need me, I need you. We stir each other up. We stir each other up. I'm going to encourage you. Yeah, it may look bad right now, but God is still on the throne. The same word that Jesus spoke to them, He spoke to me and to you. Man, if He was willing to do it for them, I know He's going to do it for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It looks bad, but don't look at the storm. Look at the Jesus on the other side of the storm because He already went through it. Hallelujah. And you may have to go through it. You may have to go through it. But He's going through with you. He's going through with you. He's not going to lead you. He's not going to say to you, hey, well, well, let's see how you're doing. Well, maybe I'll meet you on the other side. Uh Uh-uh. I got you. I got you. I'm telling you, somebody in this room or somebody listening on the internet, God has got you. It looks bad right now. It's not going good right now. My heart is breaking. God's got you. Stand on that word. Stay stirred up. Stay on fire. Hang on to your zip boom bomb. God hadn't given up on you, so don't you give up. Jesus did not go to that cross. Let them beat Him beyond recognition. Jesus did not take on all that He took on so that we can go ahead and be miserable from now until He comes and gets us home. Uh Uh-uh. Stay on fire. Continue to trust. Continue to believe. And it's easy to believe when it's going good. It was, man, it was easy to believe that, yeah, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved and your whole house will be saved when my kids are not acting a fool. But then when they're acting a fool, it's like, okay, Lord, this ain't working. I need some help in here. But guess what? Oh, man, and, and many of you have already heard this testimony. But guess what? Then I had a friend who didn't know everything that I was going through, but they handed me a testimony that Jim Simbola did. And, and I told you, that book that I read from him changed my prayer life, but Jim Simbola. And as much as I prayed for my... I'm sorry, son. As much as I prayed for my son when he was in his state, as much as I prayed for him, and I had... Man, when he came out... See, I'm on this, this roll today, right, baby? When he came out of his mama's womb, I held him up in the air and I dedicated him to God. Right in that delivery room. And guess what? There were a lot of times in between then and now where I said, Lord, it ain't working. 
I'm sorry, son. I'm sorry. But he is saved. But, but wait. So then, wait, wait. So then all of those, and then through those teenage years and all that, and see, that's why I'm so happy to be about, about being a grandfather, because that's, the, that, that's, that's my reward for all those teenage years that I went through with both of them. I, I don't have to put up with that nonsense. I just get to spoil them. But anyway, so I have fun with my grandkids. And all the grandparents said, Amen. <laughs> So now watch. So now I'm going through it, man. I'm crying at night when my son is out. He's going to break curfew again. And I'm crying. I'm praying, Lord, don't let any hurt. See, here's me. Here's Daddy. Lord, don't let any hurt or harm come to him when he's out there. I know what the Scripture said. I know what I have the authority because of Jesus in my heart and in my life. I know what I get to do. I know what I get to ask for. I know what I could receive in him. But man, when you're going through it, I'm crying real tears. And I'm saying, oh, Lord. This ain't working. But somebody gave me that testimony with the Jim Simbler, and he talks a lot about his daughter and what happened when she was wayward. And I listened to that man, and I already read it, but there was something about seeing that that was way back. I had a VHS, that's how old it was. Popped it in there one o'clock in the morning, and I'm listening to that man preach and teach, and, and he's just going on and giving this testimony. And man, right there in the middle of that living room, I put my hands up and I gave my son to God once again. That's right. And God told me once again, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved, and your whole house will be saved. Hot dog, there he sits. Ha! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! So stay encouraged. Stay on fire. It might look bad right now, but it don't matter because faith says, listen, faith says, it don't matter how it looks, I trust what God says. I trust in the authority of Jesus. And He's given me some authority too. So get behind me, Satan. Hallelujah. Stand with me if you believe it.